right. Hey guys, this is Angie and we have a special edition of CSA for you today. I am so excited to say the phrase, we have our brilliant composer, Nathaniel Bloom with us on the show. Thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I am just over the moon excited. <laughs> My whole crew has been like, are you okay? You doing okay? You're music nerding out right now. I was like, I'm fine. It's going to be okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, the fact that I communicate to music nerds is is also so much. <laughs> I was the person that was like listening to the Star Wars CDs and like the Pirates of the Caribbean score in high school yeah. and things like that. So this is just this is the best. I'm very excited. Thank you for taking time. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, so to start off, let's talk about how did you come to be involved with Prodigal Son? How did that work out for you? So I worked on a show with Chris Fedak, who's one of the co-creators of Prodigal mm -hmm. Son. Before this, it was called Deception. It was on ABC. And uh, I did that score with Blake Neely. And unfortunately, it only lasted one season, but it was kind of the start of a, a partnership with Chris. Mm -hmm. And um, and so when, when this show came along, um, I, I kind of already had that relationship started with him and um, we kicked into the into the pilot with Sam as well, um, who's a super cool guy. The three of us get along really, really well and um, kind of have a, a good language going, I think, for the show. And that's great when you find people that you can collaborate with and you kind of already have that, like, I know what they're thinking improvisational feel. I mean, that's just, you're already running. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and the, the nice thing is, too, we've also kind of just built up a trust with each other um, where when we when we spot an episode, um, which a, a spotting session for uh, any listeners who aren't aware of that, that's where you sit down and watch the episode. Mm -hmm before you start working on it and decide where the music's going to start, where it's going to stop, what it's supposed to do in that particular scene. And, um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of times they, they don't even have to say very much though. Like, you know what to do. Here. <laughs> you got that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that's great. I, I love that. They're very trusting. And that kind of leads into my next question. So what is your typical process like from script to screen? In full disclosure, I typically do not read the scripts. Oh. Um, there's, <laughs> there, there's so many versions that, that, you know, get revamped all the time. Yeah. And once you actually get started into the season, things move very quickly. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm typically watching an episode for the first time at the spotting session. Okay. And then I have about a week or so, sometimes longer, to do the score for that particular episode. And when it's really crazily moving along, <laughs> that's rinse and repeat week after week after week. <laughs> so, uh, so there's just, there's no time to keep up on all the different versions of the episode and, and things like that. So we'll, we'll spot the episode. And uh, the next day, I'll kind of go through it. Um, my assistant Ling helps mm -hmm. me kind of go through. Um, a lot of times there's 
cues that have already been written for a particular storyline or a character or something that we can kind of throw up against the scene and I can say, oh yeah, I'll do that. Or, um, or yeah, I'll take that theme, but it's gotta be different because this storyline has evolved or whatever. Um, and there's, there's kind of a lot of planning in that regard ahead of time, just yeah. sort of knowing what I'm going to do. Um, and then the writing process begins and I, Actually, this season's been a little different. Usually I like to go in order and I'll just start right at the top of the episode and go to the end. But this season, I think the set pieces have been been really interesting to me. I guess it, it, once we get to act five um, or act six in some, uh, in some cases, like the exorcism scene, you know, and, in episode two or um, like in last night's episode or um, uh, with the, the self-immolation scene. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it, it, in the case of those, those scenes that kind of are asking for something that's maybe a little bit different than what would typically be in an episode, I might start by writing that first. Um, and again, in the case of of uh, the most recent episode, um, the themes from that cue were then used all throughout the episode. So there was a theme for Ainsley's former etiquette school, and there was a theme for the creepy dolls. And, and yeah, things. they were all kind of like child toy chimes or like child yeah. piano. I was like, oh, it's so delightfully creepy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. So and that all that was actually worked backwards so that that okay. big piece at the end was written first and then the themes from that were sprinkled all through the episode leading okay. up sort of planting the seeds for that right um so it it kind of varies episode to episode in terms of process but once once it's written then uh i usually create a quick time preview for the creators, Chris Fedak and Sam Sclaver, and they watch it and email me back with any notes that they have, and I address those, and it goes to the mix stage where they mix it, the music into the show. So I know that the scripts are kind of frequently evolving. Has there been a time where you were kind of already past spotting, and then it's like, oh, never mind, we're going to completely change the scene, and we're going to need you to just go ahead and change all that that Thanks. you just did? <laughs> Uh, uh, one of the one of the things I guess there's a trade-off and uh, and one of the big differences between film and TV is if you're working on a film you're usually brought in toward the end however you're not brought in when there's a locked cut typically mm -hmm. so the cut always evolving and there's things like that that happen all the time yeah um where the, and it's amazing how they can change things editorially. You know, it, mm -hmm. they might not even need to shoot something new, but if they edit a scene a different way, it completely changes the story. Yeah. Uh, so that I think that happens all the time in film, and then and with TV and especially a network show like this, um, I'm typically getting a locked cut. 
So basically the only stuff I'm not seeing are special effects. Oh, okay. It might, there might be something drawn in or, or it might even just be a slug that says, you know, insert explosion <laughs> here or <laughs> whatever. There will be fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the timings and the story and all of that are pretty final. Um, oh, well, that's nice. that point. Yeah. So are you guys still in kind of full COVID remote mode right now? Are you able to do a little bit more in person at all or now I assumed? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which it, it is a bummer. I, yeah. One of my favorite things is, are the spotting sessions. I love when we would in season one, we would meet in the editing bay. Um, there's always there's three editors that work on the show and they trade off episodes. So for whatever particular episode, we'd be in that editor's bay um, with the assistant editor, the music supervisor, music editor sound supervisor and uh and then it varied one of the creators or hmm. uh, or one of the creators and a writer and we would just watch it together talk about it um and it was it's just really fun uh to be in the room and be able to bounce ideas off of you off of each other like that now it's over zoom not as fun, but <laughs> yeah. the, the nature of the beast we are in at this point. Yeah. So, it, but it, we, since we established our our language, I guess again being the best way to put it, early mm -hmm. on, it's been easier to do things over Zoom than you know if we were just starting yeah a new show together from scratch. Um, but it's certainly not preferable. And right. And one of the things from the first season, too, is there were uh, one, two, three, I think there were four episodes where we recorded on, it, we recorded a big string group on a, mm -hmm. sound, a recording stage in Los Angeles. And, um, and then by the end of the season, we still had a budget. We recorded remotely, but um, there's been none of that this season unfortunately <laughs> so uh, yeah i mean there's your hands are tied there's not much you yeah. can do about it you know no so i mean maybe toward the end of the season an opportunity might arise where things are safe enough to do that but mm -hmm. um but that's another thing that kind of stinks and it's unfortunate for the musicians too who are out of work because it's just not the conditions just aren't yeah do that so um but but we've we've adapted we've we've found a way to um to still tell the stories we want to tell and um and i think i think so far it's going well <laughs> it is going incredibly well if you have not seen the fandom losing their minds collectively it is going well believe me good <laughs> Um, so I know that production has had some snow-related issues the past couple of weeks. Does that adjust your time frame as well then? Because, hey, we're not filming right now. That is a good question. It, and <laughs> if it does, um, I, I won't feel something like that for at least two or three weeks. Oh, so um, it's really, it's pretty delayed for you. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's pretty delayed. Like, we just 
we're just finishing the mix for episode six, which will air next week. Next week. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they filmed that a little while ago. And I, you know, I wish I had more accurate numbers for you. Not but... that I'm going to creep, but that may have been the last thing before break, before holiday. Gotcha. So it could I... be. So yeah. That gives you an idea how far. Not that I know that stuff. That's not weird <laughs> yeah. at all for me to know. <laughs> no, no. no, that's cool. I, I like uh, I like that kind of fandom. <laughs> We're uh, a very detailed podcast. <laughs> good. good. Uh, but that gives you an idea of how how delayed it is from when they shoot it and then it gets edited yeah. a million times over and then then it finally gets to me um music and sound you know being the last things to so do. does that tend to be like a kind of a pressure cooker situation sometimes i mean we're we're still editing episode six like you're on the clock sometimes yes <laughs> and there's times where we've spotted and you know maybe the network had a couple notes or something mm -hmm. so they're not able to turn over picture to me in the normal timeline <laughs> And, uh, and so that kind of makes my my time a little more crunched. Yeah. Um, there was one there was one episode last season I remember. Um, I forget the exact circumstances, but Fox all of a sudden uh, asked if they could air the next episode a week early, <laughs> and, and that pushed everything um, and gave me something like four days to finish an episode or something like that. Wow. <laughs> Good grief. Um, yeah. That those were long days. But uh <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But, you know, uh, um when when the network asks for something like that, it's not like you could say, no, you just keep yes, it. sirs. <laughs> yeah. Um it's like thank you for putting our show on the air. We it'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how high to jump and we shall do it. <laughs> um, so being a cellist myself, I was super excited to see the minute I heard Dermot was coming, I was like, Ooh, what will happen? And sure enough, it worked out. Was that something that you kind of immediately were like, excuse me, let's do this. <laughs> yes. Immediately. Because, um, actually there was a, a movie that I worked on with, again, with Blake Neely, uh, mm -hmm. who I've collaborated with um, for a number of years. And uh, there was a movie called Love, Wedding, Marriage. It was a very small movie mm -hmm. um, with uh, Mandy Moore and, um, and Dermot directed it. And it was at that time that I met him and knew of the whole uh, oh, he's actually a cellist, and he's actually a member, <laughs> and, and, uh, and all that, and he's actually played on these big film scores because yes. he's friends composers too. So, um, so yeah, I knew as soon as he was cast, um, and I, I even I remember sitting in the room during a spotting session saying, you know, he plays cello, and it would be really cool if he if he played his own theme and, and they were like what <laughs> like yeah let's let him play while he dies can that be something <laughs> yeah. we do like <laughs> right yeah that's that was so exciting when i saw the behind the scenes clip of that i was like yes they did it <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it was that uh, was awesome but yeah cello is also important to me because my wife is also a cello oh uh, we cello. we are a special people we really yeah. are <laughs> you are uh, 
<laughs> there is a special um, place in my heart. For oh, I love it. Especially when you can get out of like the Pachelbel moments where you play more than eight notes over <laughs> right. and over. Like we're, we're getting a little bit more respect in some scores these days. We get to play the cool stuff. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so my biggest thing that I started out doing these analysis as written analysis, and then we shifted them into a podcast for this season. And one of the biggest things that I just absolutely love to lose it over was that we're the same theme and how it evolves and it changes. And it's different if Martin's present physically versus metaphorically and all this kind of stuff. Um, was that evolution of it something that you kind of knew from the get-go, we're going to do this and we're going to change it as we go? Or did that happen organically as it went on? I think it, uh, it's hard to say. I just, I know that, I know that that theme was received very well by Chris and Sam and, mm -hmm. and everybody working on the show. And, um, and one thing that, uh, that is also something maybe the listeners aren't aware of is when, when I see the, the cut of an episode before it's done, there's usually temp music in it, which is where they've placed music that's either from previous episodes or maybe they'll even pull something in from a film or something like that, sort of as a placeholder for, for people to watch, especially the network, so that they can watch the show with some sort of music behind it that right. gives some sort of idea what it's, what it's supposed to sound like. Um, and in that regard, I think the, the, the show theme or the we're the same theme, um, as you call it, uh, is would come up you know all the time <laughs> right. like uh you're like oh we want it, we should definitely put the theme here or you know it's, <laughs> and it's been called many different things by by different people i think like some people call it the martin theme and some people it's just the show theme or you know whatever um but that theme yes has always just kind of been a part of the identity of mm -hmm. the show and so uh, it's almost it's almost like I kind of have fun doing a theme and variations with mm -hmm. it throughout the show. Um, even in in some more odd moments like the uh, what is the um, I forget I'm really bad with episode title names, but the the noir episode where um there's that seduction scene where uh Malcolm oh the um oh um uh pied de terre yeah pied de right? terre yeah yeah that, okay yep so there's the scene where uh where Malcolm is actually interrogating someone who thinks that they're actually going to have sex and and it was a great cello part during that let me just throw that out there because i talked about it <laughs> that, that was my friend steve erdoti played that he he is awesome and he is a legend in hollywood uh, so it, but that even that cue there i had fun you you can pick up on the the show theme being played around with there it's all throughout the show in in various ways it's um, almost like a version of whack-a-mole for me like I'm like where can I find it in this episode yeah. and what has he done like in um alma mater just during the title card scene instead of having our typical little like bong like it was like some little techno version and I was like oh this is awesome <laughs> yep. 
yeah it was so very... i i hope that it doesn't ever overstay its welcome um so i try to find i don't want to just you know throw it in the episode the same way every time hopefully it's it's given a different light each time and it's and it's still interesting but yeah we, that's definitely a conscious effort to, to use that whenever possible so on that note that is very much kind of like a martin malcolm theme um are we going to kind of start sneaking in some ainsley martin theme of some kind are they going to start getting their own little hmm Maybe? yes yes <laughs> wonder <laughs> There, there might be a little nugget in okay. the next episode, in next oh, week. Yay. So <laughs> you'll have to wait and see. And uh, then um, like our newcomers is like kind of Catherine Zeta-Jones get a little something. Is Alan Cumming maybe get a little something as you go? I know it's early. You're not really there yet. Yeah, um, and, right. Exactly. And I think that she's going to have to have something super cool. Oh, <laughs> I yeah, don't it's Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> Exactly. and alan coming like icons come on yes that oh man when I, I i usually don't i'm not privy to this kind of information so i learn when you learn when it hits the, the <laughs> you're flipping through twitter oh sweet cool Catherine zeta jones like, that's nice <laughs> yeah, like we have a oscar winner coming awesome and then Seriously. and then yeah, and a broadway alan. icon oh yeah, right <laughs> alan coming when i read what his role was gonna be uh, i was like oh yes this is the foil <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah the, we all just like lit up the 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 internets like, oh my god they're coming <laughs> yes um so i don't I, I don't even have a spoiler for you on those i'm not sure what that's gonna sound like tbd tbd cool. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so during your career, you've worked on some really versatile projects. You have Prodigal Son, you've done like the TVDC universe, you've had era style stuff like Pan Am and the documentaries and, and all of that. So is there anything that like a type of project or a genre that you haven't hit yet that you're really like, I want to do this someday? Like this is something I want to hit. That's a good question. Um, I, when I was at USC, I took a class that, uh, that one of the instructors created um, where he he paired up animators with composers and it was really cool and um, so I met a lot of different animators and we just did little short films together and uh, that's always been something that's that's been kind of on my mind as something okay. that I would love to do as a, a you know full-length feature animated film of some sort Okay. I mean, that's kind of the one niche you haven't hit yet. I mean, yeah. so go for it. <laughs> I would love that. So while you're scoring, are are there types of scenes that you kind of, they're just kind of more fun for you? Like are the dramatic ones a little bit more fun? Is it action? Are they apples and oranges completely? And they're like kids and you love them all or? I'd say it's more <laughs> like that. The good thing is that it, that there is that variety because mm -hmm. if I was if I was writing all action scenes all day every day I would probably go insane um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like the variety I love how much this show has to offer and then there's always the the crazy scenes like you know 
oh, I get to score an exorcism this week. And, yeah. and you want it to sound really epic and, and film-like, I'm so in. <laughs> um, so it, that, I think the variety helps. I think though, if there's, if there's a particular thing that I'm drawn to, it's probably um, action with, with more of like a thriller or hmm. even horror slant to it. Um, which I mean you're just sitting in your happy place at this yeah, point then <laughs> exactly it's like this show was tailor-made for me <laughs> um, but yeah that I just I, I love that kind of stuff it's so nice to have a show I mean it really is one minute it's like stand-up comedy like Adresa in yesterday's episode and then the next minute we're chopping off a guy's hand and there's an exorcism and we're pulling eyeballs out so you know right. you got a little bit of everything <laughs> right right um, so who were kind of your biggest influences in choosing this career? Were there particular composers that you were like, these are my people? Um, I mean, initially, it's the it's the go-to that everyone says, which is John Williams. John Williams, <laughs> yeah, I knew. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I, because I grew up a uh, trumpet player. and mm. And so when I first kind of really started noticing film music um it was like it was like the trumpet parts in john williams mm -hmm. course um and then that kind of translated to or evolved i should say into mm -hmm. other action scores like um like david arnold and independence day for instance mm -hmm. i think it's also kind of like in that um era of when i was being enlightened by <laughs> by this whole other world um and uh and then um i mean i think as as i grew up my tastes evolved there's um christopher young who i eventually got to study with at usc as well um marco beltrami uh of course james newton howard uh, I mean, I like, I like pretty much everything. I don't, I don't discriminate <laughs> really. Um, and, and yes, I was, I was that person in high school, like my CD collection was film scores. And so <laughs> I thought I was like the only, like my, my friends would get in the car and be like, do you have real music in the car <laughs> yeah. that we can listen to? Like, I'm like, okay. what the, the score is amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny story about that. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles in 2007 and my very first year, uh, my wife and I had an apartment in, uh, in little Armenia. Um, and we did, we had on street parking. Um, and one, one that first summer there, I finally got a new stereo for my car and I was so excited. And, <laughs> and, one stupid moment i left the stereo in in view oh um, no plate. was it the clip on clip off yep. yes <laughs> so someone broke into my car stole uh, that and of course. and apparent and very obviously rifled through every single one of my cds didn't take a single one of them they were <laughs> they were all film scores and things like that who is this person they had no interest <laughs> so, so thankfully, i mean horrible but amazing at the same yeah. time <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so my CD awesome. was saved, but uh, that was quite the moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm really into music if this has happened to me at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I know with COVID being what it is, this is kind of a unsure question right now. Are there any projects past like or during the hiatus of Prodigal Son that you have lined up? Or are things still kind of sketchy in that department? Right now, they are kind of sketchy in that department. Mm -hmm. um, I am mm -hmm. working on The Flash still with, mm -hmm. uh, with Blake, and that's going right now. Um, and that, that should, I think there's 18 episodes this season. So, um, and it hasn't even started airing yet. So that, that'll go for a little while. Um, and then, then, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll, Prodigal we'll, Sun season three? I hope so. <laughs> uh, I I love that show so much. So uh, yeah, we're we're pushing. We're grassroots this thing. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so, what is something that most people might not know about you? Like hidden talents? Anything kind of interesting out there? Hmm. Well, one thing that uh, I have talked about before um, is. And I forget, is it, I think Jess, who's on the, on this show, because mm -hmm. uh, I had listened to the first episode of this season. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> she mentioned that she was a forensic science nerd or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And I, so <laughs> when I started college, I was a trumpet performance and chemistry double major with the intent that I was going to do pre-med and be some forensic pathologist for the FBI. Or wow. Something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, may have been spurred on by my obsession with X Files when I was growing up. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. But, uh, but that was something of full on, and I'm still very much interested in that. Science in general is is something um, that I'm always fascinated by. But that, but doing a show like Prodigal Son is kind of cool too because it's like both both worlds you can live vicariously a little bit <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> okay so to wrap it up because i don't want to take too much of your time i have some rapid fire questions for Ooh, you rapid fire. yes okay. okay um first one what was the last book that you read <laughs> oh my god i'm so <laughs> terrible at that honestly um i will also accept magazines <laughs> okay magazines um yeah, <laughs> yeah variety what is your favorite movie? That's the hardest question. Um, Cause that evolves all the time, I think. Um, but the, the easiest go-to, it probably is, is Star Wars. Uh, an OG, like episode four. Yeah, the original trilogy. The original, original, yeah. <laughs> Which goes back to John Williams. It's all full circle, exactly. it's all meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> right favorite sports team definitely los angeles kings i am okay. a hockey fanatic <laughs> acoustic or electric oh acoustic marvel or dc <laughs> oh dc <laughs> i told my crew i was like i'm gonna ask him this and then if he accidentally says marvel i'm gonna be like we'll cut it it's fine don't uh, worry yeah, about yeah it. <laughs> exactly sort of backed into a corner there because i love both but um, coffee or tea? Coffee. 
like straight or coffee with a lot of accoutrements? I am definitely straight and okay. straight black coffee. And, you know, I'm sure that says something about me. I, I think there was one article I saw that said people who drink it that way are psychopaths, but <laughs> you have incredibly intense deadlines of music you have to meet on a weekly basis. <laughs> yeah. I don't even have time to put cream in it. <laughs> yeah. We Endicott or John Watkins? Oh, wow. Okay, that's a good question. Um, I tell you what, I, I like them both for different reasons, but John Watkins scared me more, I think. And Michael Raymond James is amazing. He, As he, is Dermot Mulroney, but Michael Raymond yes, James was amazing. They're both amazing. Yes. Um, there was some raw, raw scariness. Because <laughs> the whole the thing with Endicott that was cool is that they cast Dermot because you could you could very easily like him from the get-go. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, he's very charming. Like he's Dark. very charming. Yes. Yeah. Um Watkins but, is not so charming. <laughs> no, never was from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty straightforward about what his intentions are. <laughs> yeah, I was freaked out. And so I did have one final question. Um, I read in an interview that you had used like the sounds from surgical tools as a percussion line before. Yes. Um, is there anything kind of new that you've done similar to that? Like other kind of exciting little tidbits you've done? Is that not something you've been able to do because you can't get into a studio as much as you would have been? Well, it's not so much that I, I did kind of, sit and think about that before season two started you know is there something along those lines I can do you know if we're going to get into Ainsley's character can we do something news oriented mm -hmm. like the like a typewriter and say you know whatever and inevitably I think <clears throat> that whole initial thing with the surgical tools just kind of happened more organically and and the more i sat there and obsessed about doing something different but along the same lines the more i was like this it's just gonna be forced um oh yeah so there there was a little bit of of new sound design um and there was a little bit of taking those initial surgical tools and um taking the like the initial recorded audio and revamping it a little bit mm -hmm. <clears throat> uh, but other than that I think I treat it more uh instead of like like the surgical tools were sort of were an overarching percussive effect mm -hmm. used throughout the first season I think in the second season it's really been easy episode by episode to approach them in their own regard so um, like with the exorcism episode, um, there was a very church-like theme. So yeah. there was an organ in there for the first time and there were chanting monk sounds and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then, and, and yeah, so I think it was kind of more, more to look at those elements episode by episode rather than some sort of new element like that. 
So when Ainsley is not this most recent episode, the one before, when Ainsley comes in to visit Martin, there's a very different feel to that music cue. In fact, that's what I nerded out and tweeted you over because I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like it was, it, it gave me like a very Thor Ragnarok feel. Cool. And, and when, when she came in and I was just, oh, here we go. Like we're using all sorts of new things. This is amazing. Um, yeah. just the whole, the whole fandom is noticing like, this is, this is stepped up, like for sure. It's, it's awesome. going crazy and we're very excited. Good. Good. Listen, I'm thank you. So thank you. you so much. We appreciate you coming in and taking time out of your very busy schedule. Um, and just hoping to get you a season three and let's keep on with the absolute brilliance that you've given us. So thank you so much, Nathaniel. Thank you. I, I really appreciate all these very nice, very kind words. <laughs> and I will I will keep doing my best. I, I love this show and um, it's it's a joy for me to to see each episode and and to try to come up with something that will just help enhance the story. So the fact that you are appreciating that and noticing it, it means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Sure. Bye bye. Bye.